0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by the brand new Social Media Marketing World 2016. Very excited about this event. I'll share a little bit more about it later in today's show. I'm really excited about today's show. Today, I'm going to be joined by Owen Hemsath, and we're going to talk about YouTube strategy. We're going to talk about should you be on YouTube? What do you need to know before you get started? You're going to really enjoy this show. By the way, if you need to reach me, you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com that'll go straight into my inbox. And let's go to today's brand new discovery.
0: After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered.
1: I have recently updated my iPhone to the brand new iOS 9, and what I love about it is this brand new news app that they've gotten. If you're an iPhone user, What's really cool about this news app is once you set it up, you can go ahead and uh, pick from a very limited selection of publications and you kind of indicate your interests like business and so on and so forth. And then you can add any particular publication you want. For example, you can search and you'll find Social Media Examiner in there. And what's really cool is you can go in there and you can just read kind of like Flipboard or like an RSS reader whatever you want on there for for the publications that are listed in there. But I think the really cool part is once the news app is activated and you're on your iPhone, when you're on the homepage of your iPhone, if you just take your thumb and push to the right, um, there's a bunch of news that will show up. It'll just kind of tell you the top news stories right there on your phone without you doing anything in particular. And I think it's kind of cool, it's just a great way for me to keep in touch of what's going on with the world. So if you haven't already started messing around with the news app, it's hard to miss with the brand new update in the iOS 9. Now I've got something else I'd like to share with you.
0: Want to keep ahead of your competitors? Need to master a social platform? Struggling to measure your ROI? Join 3,000 fellow marketers at the mega conference designed to inspire and empower you. Social Media Marketing World 2016. Brought to you by Social Media Examiner. You'll rub shoulders with the biggest names and brands in social media. Soak up countless tips and new strategies. And enjoy extensive networking opportunities in San Diego, California. Pick from more than 100 expert-led sessions and workshops. Network aboard a naval aircraft carrier. Meet industry leaders Guy Kawasaki, Mari Smith, Michael Hyatt, Chris Brogan, Jay Baer, and Michael Stelzner. Don't miss the industry's largest conference. Discount tickets are limited. Visit smmw16.com to secure your ticket today.
1: We are really, really excited about this event. I mean, this is the flagship Activity that we do at social media marketing world. its the thing that our customers are most excited about It is the industry conference and what's really cool is right now These are the best prices you can get as a matter of fact if you book your price before the end of the year, you're gonna save Significant amount of money. We've already gotten well over 400 people that have registered so far for the conference and we are expecting a sellout at 3,000 we have a really awesome video video testimonials, lots of photographs. so You can kind of envision if you've never been to this conference what it's like. The best way to describe it is it's the most communal, most social conference you're ever gonna find. You're completely surrounded by people that are just like you. Social media marketers that wanna help, that wanna get learning, that wanna take their business to the next level. It is really an incredible experience and I don't wanna completely oversell it because I know that there's an enormous amount of testimonials out there, so I just encourage you to go check out uh, the site, and you can find it at smmw16.com. Again, that's smmw16.com. That stands for Social Media Marketing World 2016. I really hope to get to meet you in person. So with that, let's transition over to today's interview on YouTube.
0: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
1: I'm very excited to be joined today by Owen Hemsath. If you don't know who Owen is, he's a YouTube consultant and president of Video Spot, a YouTube consultancy that helps authors, brands, and businesses succeed on YouTube. Owen also writes on YouTube strategy for Real SEO. Owen, welcome to the
0: show. Thank you, Michael. I am uh, thrilled like a cow in tall grass. I am utterly tickled to be here.
1: Awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've ever seen a cow in tall grass. That, that's
0: that's <laughs> Not in this drought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, Owen and I are going to explore how to put together a smart YouTube plan. And if we get around to it, hopefully we'll talk about some monetization ideas also for YouTube. So before we get to that, Owen, I, I want a little bit of your story. How did you get into YouTube? Kind of tell me the story, wherever you want to start.
0: Well, it starts on Judge Judy. As a matter of fact, um, about five or six years ago when I was sued by my then-girlfriend for every last penny that I had. Hmm. And that was was the beginning of, of quite an adventure for me.
1: So you literally went on that TV show?
0: Yeah, it was kind of the, it was the strangest thing, you know. We we broke up. It wasn't a very pretty thing, and, and the next day or a few weeks later, I got a subpoena in the mail. Um, shortly after that, the Judge Judy people called me and said, "Hey, do you guys want to settle your dirty laundry on national TV in front of God and the whole world?" And I said, "Yeah, I would love that." Um, <laughs> in, in- <laughs> wow. Seriously. Okay, I
1: gotta ask this distracting question. Do they pay yeah. you to do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was paid very well. Oh wow, that's cool. I never, I never really quite knew that. So, very. So keep going. So you, okay. So you show up on national television on. And Dead I really Judy.
0: didn't want to do it. I really didn't want to do it. You know, I have had a video camera in my hand since about 1989, when my dad came home with one of these giant brick things, video cameras. You know, that you you uh, strap on your shoulder and. And I've had a video camera since then making Lego stop-motion movies and, and even making small kind of like sketch comedy where I would cast my brothers and sisters in plays and, and we'd film them. And that, that continued well through well through college. So I wasn't a stranger to the camera, but I didn't want to do all that nasty stuff on Judge Judy. So it took a lot of coaxing to actually get me on the show. Hmm. After the show went live... It went on YouTube. A whole bunch of people were freebooting it. They were hacking it and uploading it to YouTube channels and getting views. And I was getting tagged. I was getting pinged. I actually had friends write me and say, are you aware that your video is all over YouTube and people are, are going crazy? Wow. And that, that for me was like my great YouTube awakening. It's like, what is this YouTube thing of which you speak? You know.
1: So fast forward a little bit, you went from Judge Judy to what, I mean, like what was the next part of the journey?
0: Immediately I saw the power of video and to build social networks and I saw how you know a small little hole in the wall could be lit up and the right sets put in and all of a sudden it's a courtroom with a retired judge and it creates a new reality. So at that point I was in a transition phase in my in my career. I was in marketing and sales and I decided to pursue my dream of video. It became real to me. It became something that I could actually do to make money. So I started making sketch comedy videos and, um, I started doing product demos for my e-commerce, my, my website that I had at the time. And that's where I actually started making money. And I thought, Hey, there's a business Avenue here on YouTube. So the golden moment for me was that I realized I could be more successful helping other business owners to leverage YouTube than I could be, you know, making little product demos on little trinket items I was making 15 cents on.
1: Very interesting. And and so, so along the way you've been helping other businesses figure out what to do with YouTube. And today, where are you at with that? Tell us a little bit about what you do today.
0: Oh, today I am a YouTube specialist and it's, it's a thrill and a joy. Every single day I wake up and I'm in love with what I do because I spend maybe 60% of my time working with clients in a group setting where, from all over the spectrum, all different kinds of businesses. And and I have a YouTube course where I'm teaching step-by-step the process of building a YouTube channel for business. But I also have this other 40% of my time where I act as channel manager for uh, bigger channels that are looking to actually connect with brands and to... Monetize their channel through brand sponsorships and that type of process, and and those are the two big areas where I spend my time now.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be sure to uh, ping you about that YouTube course a little later uh, near the end here. But you know, for now, for all the listeners that are listening right now, why should they care about video today? What is it that's going on in the world today that makes video important in your
0: opinion? You know what? I, I'm gonna go off script a little bit here. And what makes video important today is the fact that we're also digital. The fact that 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 so many relationships can be formed through email and liking and commenting. And there is this minimal minimal value on face-to-face interaction. Video brings that face-to-face interaction to everyone. We call this a parasocial relationship. This is where you're actually able to develop a one-way relationship with your viewers through the video medium. And we're seeing it not just on YouTube, but we're seeing it through Snapchat. We're seeing it through Facebook video. Obviously, they're double-downing on video big time. Uh, we're seeing it um, through uh, uh, the live streaming apps, Meerkat and Periscope and Blab, of course. Even
1: Twitter and Instagram, right?
0: App, everybody is getting into the video game, and I believe if I can get meta, you know, meta on you for a second, I believe it's because we want to interact in a more human way, and the the liking, the commenting, the text back and forth, isn't satisfying our need to be human, and that's why video is so big right now and i think it's going to be even bigger for post what we're calling post millennials you know this new this newer generation coming up but youtube has over a billion users and almost 80% of that come from outside of the us hmm. so we're also able to engage in communication and conversations uh, in a, on a global scale through the video medium, and that is is a really exciting and a really uh, shall I say profitable venture if you do it right.
1: Well, first of all, I agree with your assessment that video is hot. I know I, I stood up on the stage at Social Media Marketing World in the spring of this year, 2015, and I said this is the year of native video. But now we're beginning to see that it's gone way beyond that, right? I mean, we barely had Periscope and Meerkat when I did that, and now we've got Blab and who knows what's coming next. I really do believe that video is huge. And yep. it is really, I think, one of the things that marketers are most scared about, to be honest with you. Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, It's complicated, right? It's the perhaps the most. I mean, podcasting is complicated. Video is even more complicated. It doesn't have to be, but it is. And um, but in particular, what is intriguing to me is YouTube. YouTube, as you stated, has this massive audience. Yeah. And I've heard many people say it's the world's second largest search engine. Is that true?
0: That's correct. YouTube is owned by Google. It's a Google property and it's the second largest search engine in the world. It's also got sort of a different algorithm as well. You know, um, YouTube results can show up in Google search results. So when you're searching on Google, when a user is searching on Google, it is very likely for them to find a video solution to the question they've typed in. Conversely, that same video will pop up on a YouTube search as well. so you're actually more likely to be found on search if you are leveraging a video content strategy in your in your overall marketing plan.
1: So what I hear you saying is for the marketers out there that have video that are publishing video on the various social platforms, let's not overlook YouTube, right? Uh, even though it's the old guy in the game uh, it's still the big guy in the game. Is that right?
0: Yeah. YouTube is kind of like the, see, I'm putting my cup down now because you kind of like pulled out the, the, the energy in me now. It's like, okay, let's talk about YouTube being the old guy. Yeah. Kind of in a sense, but I think of the old guy from Kill Bill. Did you see that movie that car? (laughs) No, but I've heard of it. Okay. So, you know, Uma Thurman is like this massively popular, famous karate star, and she goes to train with one of the greats, you know, and this guy just annihilates her that's YouTube.
1: Gotcha. So he's like the guy that teaches the karate kid how to do what he does.
0: It's the video master.
1: Well, I mean, it is a big deal. Um, and we don't seem to hear about it, those of us that are social media marketers, as much as right. we hear about everything else. right? So um, let's not overlook it because even though it's true that everybody's talking about Facebook video, uh, YouTube video has is,
0: is kind of got this really long, it's got long like Will YouTube, will, will the need for higher production value and will the desire for higher production value video go away with the advent's advanced- and proliferation of live stream video. I don't believe so. We're actually seeing Hollywood move to YouTube. So we're gonna start seeing better production value on YouTube that's gonna function more like your Roku or your Apple TV where you can go to YouTube and watch the TV shows that you wanna watch. But you're also going to be able to get this vlogger content and this tutorial content like alinda.com or other tutorial sites. So it really combines the, it's the best of video for the internet.
1: Let's say that I'm sold on that, that I need to be on YouTube or I need to be using YouTube better. It's probably, yeah. probably the, the message that most That's people, a good way are. To put it, yeah. most people are on YouTube, but probably not really leveraging it to its fullest extent. What is sure. the big mistake that you see marketers making when it
0: comes to YouTube? That's a really great question. It's a really important question because there are two major, major things that I see happening all the time. And the first is... YouTube becomes like this compilation holding ground for every video you've ever done ever in the history of, of time you know right. you've got a couple like Q&A videos with your staff you've got a commercial that you did 10 years ago for the local cable company you've got some home video of your company picnic and all of your videos have like 62 views on them you know or 45 views there, there's no real cohesive strategy so that's number 1 is just kind of throwing it all up on YouTube The other part is violation of what I call the three P's, right, platform, purpose, and people. In this regard, what we see is marketers repurposing their other video content for YouTube, or they're repurposing non-YouTube content onto YouTube. So what you see is not original content, nothing that makes me feel like, oh, wow, I'm on YouTube, subscribe to you, and I get this inside look. It's like, oh you just reposted your Google Hangout from earlier this week or, oh, that's just your meerkat from yesterday, you know, or that's just a portrait video. I don't really understand what you're doing here. So you're ignoring the platform itself and serving content on the platform that's designed for the platform.
1: So you said there was three Ps there. I forgot which one that was.
0: That's the platform.
1: Tell me about the other two.
0: Platform, people, and purpose, right? People. Who are you making the video for? The di- there's a different audience on Facebook that is on YouTube. Would you agree with the social media examiner audience that there's a different audience following you on different social platforms? Yes,
1: yes absolutely. And, we, and to be honest and transparent, we don't utilize YouTube as much as we probably should. But
0: uh, You have some cool videos though, Michael. I've seen some of your videos.
1: Thank you, but they're older. You know what I mean. So we yeah. have we haven't really totally leveraged everything we could there, but absolutely. I mean, I'm guessing. Tell us what it, how how is the YouTube person different than maybe the Facebook person? You know you
0: the YouTube the YouTube audience wants something specific from you. That's why the YouTube search algorithm is different. You're more likely to find how to tutorial, step by step type content through a YouTube search than you are directly from a Google search. Mm-hmm. And that's because the people, we use YouTube differently. It's a tool. YouTubers want content designed for YouTube. They want to engage with your content and comment and be a part of your community. What we see when, we, when you're repurposing your, your meerkat and throwing it on YouTube, what you're doing is you're telling your audience that you don't care enough about them to create content for them. And that's a problem. That's so we help our clients to take a step back and say, okay, what is our strategy for Periscope? And how do we use Periscope to bridge and, and bring more of those people into our YouTube audience? So that's number two. That's, that's people. Number three is purpose. What is the purpose of your video? What is it you're trying to communicate? And what is the business objective related to that video? Are you trying to build subscribers? Are you trying to get more shares? Are you trying to grow a list? Are you trying to sell a product? These are questions most marketers and businesses don't consider when developing their content strategy. It's really more like, we need to be on YouTube, so let's go make a bunch of videos.
1: Okay. So just to clarify, what I hear you saying, Owen, is that one of the big mistakes people do on YouTube is they use it as a big repository or they just throw up anything and everything. And when someone comes and looks at it, it just doesn't look like there's any coordinated purpose to it. There's no message there. Yeah. And then the other thing is people are taking what they've created on other platforms and they are putting it up just on YouTube, uh, without thinking about the fact that the audience might be different. Um, does the audience on YouTube expect a video to look different? I mean, you talk to me about
0: that a little bit. Yeah. Let me, let me answer that with a question. What if you were to upload a widescreen image, a landscape image on Instagram? We, an Instagram user would expect an image made for the Instagram platform, which is a square a square image, not a landscape image. It would be the same for the YouTube audience. YouTube is a place of production value. Now, as filmmakers, we could argue like, well, yeah, but vloggers, they're just doing jump cuts and they're just kind of making simple videos. Yes, but they're crafting a message specifically for their audience. And that's what the marketer needs to consider is that YouTube is a widescreen platform. So don't don't upload portrait video, you know, or you know what I say when I mean portrait video?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Periscope is the perfect example, which Periscope has recently moved to either way. And Instagram has as well. You may not be yep. aware of it, but they've recently done that as well. But I totally hear what you're saying. So um, I guess where I was going with this is uh, the big people that have channels on YouTube seem to have a certain level of production of what they're doing. There's, you know, a proper introduction, Um, there's transitions, there's lower thirds. I mean, kind of these things that people probably expect if they're regulars on YouTube may not be there. Um, But at the same time, I guess
0: my question to you is, does it have to be polished to use YouTube? I think it really depends on your brand. There's a certain level of polish that you need to have to truly represent your brand to your target audience. I know that for my audience, right, we have sort of a mid-level range of production value, right? we do too far with it. We focus more on the message, the tutorial, what you're learning. You've got family vlogging channels that are really just like a compilation of home videos. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really get the home vlogging thing, right? It's not for me. I don't sit and watch people's home videos, so their vlogging channels. But these guys are huge on YouTube with their audience, and this is who is getting the brand deals these days, is these, these vloggers that have these huge family audiences. So it really depends, and this is what you need to go over when you're creating your YouTube marketing plan, is what is the production value that we're going to put into these videos, and what is our return on that investment? Those are the business questions that every brand, every business needs to consider, and it's going to be different for everybody.
1: So. I know we've probably already gotten into this question, but strategy plan, you know, you've, you've talked already about the three P's. If you could quickly state what they are again, say them again, if you could.
0: Yeah. The three P's of video marketing is platform, purpose, and people.
1: So is that the strategy that we need to be thinking about? Or is there more we ought to be thinking about when we're planning here? for a video. Yeah, I
0: think that that's the very first thing that you need to consider is what are we going to do on YouTube? I just had this conversation with a sharp young man just an hour before before we did this interview. And it was, what are, what are you going to do on YouTube? You can talk about social. You can talk about software development. You could talk about what it's like to be a dad and an entrepreneur. What are you going to talk about? What's the brand's message, right? And this is even if you're a smaller company. So that's the first kind of big picture thing you need to look at. The second thing, the second and third thing, that we go through with our clients is, what is your content strategy? Mm. So we have all of our clients start with the five W's, who, what, why, where, when and how, right? And we ask them to fill out, you know, come up with as many as many titles, potential video titles as you can underneath the who, right? who If you're in social media, I mean, who is Michael Stelsner? Who is Mari Smith? Who is, uh, you know, such and such and such and such. What is the best way to grow a Facebook audience? And so forth. You answer the biggest questions that your audience is asking. So your content strategy is huge. It's huge. We want you to come up with like a hundred titles before you even, you know, buy a video camera.
1: (laughs) Really? Give us an example, Owen. Take a client. You can omit their name or say their name. It's up to you. Uh, Tell us the kinds of things that you're helping them produce. Said another way, in order for someone to understand, I think a content calendar, if you will, it'd be really useful to have an example of what you know what what one might look like for a real client if, or even a hypothetical one, if you feel more comfortable doing it that way.
0: Yeah, no, I'm happy to share an example. I'm working with a software company in Mississippi, and they're just awesome. They're so receptive, and they're so excited about YouTube, and they're great on camera. So it's really fun to work with them. In the they, they provide software for nurses and nursing companies. Now in the nursing industry there you know it's all insurance codes and stuff like this well there's this new coding technology coming up called ICD10 what that is is not important but what we did is we made 10 videos about ICD10 asking or excuse me answering the questions that the nurses were asking about this upcoming new new technology new coding system
1: What are some examples of the kinds of things people might be asking
0: How to code diabetes with ICD-10.
1: I see. So what what I hear you saying is, this is very much like a Marcus Sheridan philosophy, right? Which is they ask, we answer, (laughs) right? Very much so. What are the questions that your clients and prospects are asking about whatever, fill in the blank, right? In this case, it's a nursing thing. And then make videos answering those questions and And when it comes to those videos, is it a talking head? Is it screen sharing technology where you're showing them something or uh, talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's actually it's very specific to the company. You know, one of the first questions I'll ask somebody is, do you have someone who's comfortable on camera? Who is your spokesperson? you know and we find out if there's somebody in the uh, you know on staff there that is able to fulfill that role i believe the talking head eyeball to eyeball it's the best way to build a relationship with your audience is by by having that human that human component now what about if everyone in your company is ugly
1: <laughs> well <laughs>
0: of course I mean that's that's a
1: question I would have never brought up but
0: right (laughs) so then I
1: guess you use their audio and you put you tread
0: lightly you know when you ask those yeah I would
1: imagine you use audio in that case and then you have visuals to support it is that right
0: yeah, and you know who does that really well is a company called TubeBuddy and they have a lot of tutorial videos on how to do this and how to do that. Not a single face in all of their videos. A lot of screen captures, a lot of uh, you know, PowerPoint typography type stuff. Right. But it works. It it answers the questions that I'm asking if I'm using the TubeBuddy software.
1: Gotcha. Um, excellent. So talk a little bit about length of video. Dura- how about what now? duration of video?
0: You know, the working principle we have is under four minutes. Gotcha. Is where you want to be. Now, here's the thing. It's all about conditioning, right? We've been conditioned as Americans uh, through decades to accept lengths of media products, right? Remember back in the 80s, and there's a show called Golden Girls, and it had this song. It's like, thank you for being a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably took like
1: two minutes to sing Yeah, yeah,
0: it's like a two-minute intro. And then you get Seinfeld, and Seinfeld's like...
1: Yeah, that's it, right?
0: And that was it. That was the beginning of the show. So
1: Seinfeld was, uh, was, was, uh, helped us understand that we have attention spans of goldfish, and therefore we need to get right to the meat of it, don't we?
0: I, I, you know, did it, did, it, did it tell us that we have the or, or did attention it just span a, of goldfish? Or did it just
1: affirm? <laughs>
0: or did it help create that attention span. You know, there's, you know, the, the tail wagging the dog. is Yeah. Which great came first, the
1: Seinfeld or?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and the reality is, it's like, Hey, that's two extra minutes of product placement. What are we doing wasting time for?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, um, in summary, before we get over to the thing I know, um, I want to talk about is monetization strategy here. Give us the high level summary of, of the plan or the strategy in like less than a minute.
0: Of a YouTube marketing plan? Yes. Who are you as a company and what is your message? That is absolutely core to who you are as a company, as a business person, as a professional. That's step one. Ste- that, that st- or level one, maybe. Level two is what are the video titles that we are going to produce and what is our monetization pathway connected to those videos? That, 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 that is the three point, the trifecta, the triton, you know, the, the, the super fork of a YouTube marketing strategy. Well,
1: let's talk about the money side of it then. Um, I'm guessing that some people listening right now are thinking I can make money on advertising on YouTube, but I'm guessing if they're really a business, there's got to be a better way.
0: There has to be a better way. And, you know, YouTube is no longer about becoming the next big YouTube star. You know, we, we talk about that a lot, that when we talk to a business owner about YouTube, they get this immediate vision in their head of, I got to, you know, work with a teenager and do makeup and, and do weird Charlie bit my finger type videos. And we say, whoa, no, that's not your voice. We're not about making you this 5 million subscriber type of company. Instead, we want to carve out you're a very specific audience for you where you serve them in a way that you like you can't serve them on other social networks through the video medium. So, rather than trying to build these ginormous channels of millions and millions of views and millions of subscribers, what we look at is is the market cap in your industry. If you're a software company, we look at who are the biggest software companies on YouTube. Those be, that becomes like our ultimate goal, right? And from there, how do we create a funnel that takes a viewer from your video, enables them to click on a link where they can now opt into your free trial or your ebook or buy your product?
1: Okay. So what I really hear you saying is the monetization strategy for YouTube is the same as for blogging, really, right? It's all about drawing them in, if you will, with the content and getting them to take some sort of action that will get them into something like an email list. Is that right? Yeah,
0: yeah, the, like an email list. Again, from the very beginning, we wanna know what is the purpose of this video? Do we? What do we want them to do? To hit subscribe, to hit share. So we try to focus on one call to action per video. We might make 10 videos that are all designed to build a list, right? We might make 20 videos that are all designed to get new subscribers right? Through search engine traffic, their keyword optimized, that sort of thing.
1: What about, so, directly, what about directly selling with the video?
0: Oh, I think absolutely. Absolutely. Now there's two different ways to do that though. Are you selling to your subscriber base or are you selling to your non-subscriber base through in-display and pre-roll ads? Mm, talk about that a little bit. So the, the pre-roll ads and the in-display ads, these are ads, this is the five, or the you know it's the 10 second ad that'll appear in front of a video that you were about to watch and you're like, hey, what the heck is this? You know, and it says skip. But you can skip it after five seconds, right? This is how a lot of YouTubers uh, are able to make money by the ads that play in front of their videos. But the businesses are able to make a lot of money as well if they've got a well-crafted ad that with a high converting funnel, essentially, so, you know, a good friend of mine, Jake Larson, who's out in Utah, he's, he's a YouTube ads pro, and I, I usually partner with him and go to him and consult with him when I'm running a YouTube ad for a client. We, we, you want to have a short video, a direct call to action, and an easy way to buy, right? You don't want to have a lot of options. Do you want red, blue, you know, black or white, you know, small or large or whatever? You want to sell one product, sell it very specifically, target it through the ad systems, and push it out to an audience that you already know is pre-qualified and YouTube ads are a very fun way to make to make sales.
1: Now on the flip side of it, you could make a video that is a demonstration of your product, I would imagine, and maybe make a really good demonstration of your product. You could probably embed it on your website and you could probably have it optimized for YouTube and hopefully that can sell for you,
0: right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I, I think that the issue that we run into there is the awe ah video syndrome. And I just wrote about this, is the, you know, I just need a ah video, right?
1: You really, mean awe ah video, what I call a ah video?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's from Wayne's world. You know, he's, I don't even have a ah gun, let alone many guns. You know, it's this whole 90s kid thing. <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, so, it's the awe ah video syndrome, where you only get one video. Your thoughts are, video's expensive, video's complicated, video's going to be a mess, so I only need one, Right really what you need to do is look at a 10 video system, a 10 video campaign and put those up on 10 different blogs and chop those up into, you know, 30 different social media posts. Mm. And so now what you've done is you've essentially built more cash registers and you're putting more cash registers out there on the internet to collect, you know, to act as a funnel to collect more sales for you.
1: Well, Owen, oh, I know we've literally just scratched the surface of what you are capable of talking about, and I know you and I could talk about this endlessly, but I do want to give people an opportunity to uh, learn from you more. First, I want to ask you to tell them where they can discover more about your YouTube course that you mentioned in the beginning of today's interview, and then I want you to tell them where else you, they can reach out to you.
0: Great. Yeah, you can check out more on me and what I do, my YouTube course, at the Video Spot dot net it's pretty cool website I like it we uh, maintain our blog pretty actively we're constantly teaching uh, new YouTube techniques and traditional YouTube techniques and staying on the cutting edge I like to think Uh, and then you can also check us out on YouTube go to YouTube search video spot one word and subscribe to our channel. You'll see a lot of stuff we've done on web design and WordPress, and you'll see a lot of stuff on YouTube and search engine optimization and how to make videos properly, that sort of thing.
1: Awesome. So the website again was thevideospot.net. That's correct. And YouTube was Videospot. That's correct. Do they just go to youtube.com slash Videospot or do they have to search for it?
0: Oh, that's a whole conversation. If you want to get into like YouTube URLs and Google Plus and what a nightmare that is, uh, we can get into that conversation. But uh, a lot of YouTubers, have. it depends on when you started. Your URL on YouTube depends on when you started your YouTube account. So gotcha. it's easier to just go to YouTube and then uh, uh, search for Video Spot. You can <laughs> also search Owen Hemsath. You'll find like that I have eight different channels doing a whole bunch of silly things. And so that's not always the best way to find me.
1: Owen Hemsath, thank you. If I could try saying that three times fast. If I can just say, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge with us. On behalf of all my listeners, I know that uh, you sparked something inside of me and I'm sure a lot of people are now going to take another look at YouTube marketing.
0: I'm excited. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I hope you found value in today's interview. If there is anything that you missed, don't worry, we take all the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 168. If you're new to the podcast, don't miss a future episode of this show. We've got incredible content coming. You can subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using by just hitting that darn subscribe button. It's totally free. And also help us to get the word out. If you visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, that'll help tell your friends all about the podcast. I've forgotten what I'd normally say at the closing after doing this 168 times you'd think I would have it figured out. Oh, here it is. <laughs> um, first of all, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. And don't forget to grab your ticket to the Social Media Success Summit. Visit smmw16.com. Talk to you next week.
0: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.